Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford and welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. This week is a special episode and to help me with this special episode, I have a special guest. James Garibay is back with me. Say hi, James. How's it going? And I waited until this very moment, James, to tell you this, but you know, other than your presence... There's something else that makes this a very special episode. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. Bring it on. Hold on to your hat. This is episode 50. Really? And you are celebrating with me. And we are... Happy 50th episode. Happy to be here. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. And we are celebrating with a terrible movie. It's not that bad. (laughs) We are celebrating with 1985's Nail Gun Massacre, which was written and directed by Terry, what was his name? Lofton, I think. Terry Lofton. Yes. Um, yes. And this source is a Blu-ray rip. So if you have the Blu-ray... Um, that would be your best bet, but I'm sure if you have a DVD, you can watch along. Um, I think it's streaming on Amazon, too. It says it's streaming on Amazon on IMDb, but you never know. So it's always best just to search whatever you can. But I'm always a fan of old school, so if you can find the VHS somewhere, have at it. Yeah, you were saying that you read the... Um you're reading the v, uh, the Wikipedia. Did you see that they had reissued it on, on VHS? I did not. They I, was just kind of glancing, I was just kind of glancing through. Yeah. Well, it's toward the bottom. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a reissue on a, a red, a red uh, VHS, which is pretty cool. Ah, so that's what that picture was. Oh, there's a picture. Oh, they've, oh actually, yeah. they've actually got a picture of the red tape on the IMDb page, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like it when they show the actual covers of the movie. Who will get nailed next is what it says at the top. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a different kind of movie. Exactly. Exactly. Which actually you could make it into a dirty film and still have the same title. So, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I was also looking up or trying to find some information about the remake because you had mentioned there were, that there was going to be a remake, but there's nothing as far as I could find beyond 2017. Yeah, I don't think it's been greenlit yet, or at least that's what Robert Hall was telling me years ago when I met him. But yeah. You want to tell us that story? Is it an interesting story? Um. <laughs> I don't know about interesting, but fun. Um, I was at Texas Frightmare some years ago. It was my first time ever, so I didn't have a lot of money. Um, But I saw the name Robert Hall, and I didn't—I knew the name, but I didn't really know the name. Um, But I just saw that chrome skull mask that he that he used for laid to rest, and I was like, "Hey, like I know that image," and so I just went up there, and sadly, there was like nobody else in line because he was actually like a really cool dude. And I was just like, Hey, like I really enjoy your movie and I'm, I really want to see the sequel. And he was getting ready. He was promoting, um, the third one that he was trying to get made. There's three of them. 
there's going to be a third. That one's still in production. But yeah, we just kind of chit-chatted about random stuff. And then he he also had he also had the idea for uh, remaking Nailgun Massacre. And so I bought that picture. And it's a really cool image. It's um, an x-ray image of a human skull with a bunch of nails in it. And it said, hey, he said, hey, James, nailed it. And just signed Robert Hall. It's actually oh, a really awesome. cool guy. I, I tried to get an interview with him uh, some years ago when I was working for um, the online magazine I used to write for called Slickster. And, but that never came to, came to pass because I could never get a hold of him and he was always doing something else, et cetera, et cetera. But we are Facebook friends, which you know says very little, but he's still a pretty cool guy in general. Do you ever message him or anything or write on his wall? Um, I think I post something once in a blue moon like you know excited for the new movie whatever <clears throat> excuse me um but the last time i actually messaged him was about three years ago i was still working for the magazine and i was trying still trying to get that interview with him and then i just texted him, or messaged him like hey you know like are you going to be a frightmare this year like i'd really love to just you know meet up and chat for a few minutes or even just, you know, go grab a drink and shoot the shit. But he never got back to me. I don't think he attended that year, sadly. Is he from Texas? No. Um, he's from, oh God, one of the deep South states, um, Mississippi or Alabama, one of those. Um, but the movie Lightning Bug that that was his first movie that he directed. It's pretty much uh, like... I didn't know yeah. that was him. Yeah, that's kind of like his little bit of a backstory about him. It's kind of embellished a little bit because in the movie, his dad, stepdad wasn't very supportive, you know, of him going to Hollywood and being a special effects artist. Um, uh -huh. But from what I understand, like his parents were actually like very supportive of him going to, you know go off to Hollywood and pursue his dream. So mm -hmm. yeah, good movie too. It's not a horror, but it's, it's a bit of a drama. And um, what's her face? Uh, Lori Prepon is in it. Um, Donna from that 70s show. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, the movie is, um, uh, I don't know if I want to say notorious. Well, it's noteworthy for me because in one of the video store scenes, there is a poster for the movie Hard to Die. And that's one of my favorites. Never um, saw it. Well, he must he must like it because that movie came out in uh, like 90 and uh, Lightning Bug was some years later. So yeah. it wasn't a new release at the time. So I'm willing to bet that that was intentional. No, nothing's ever done by accident in movies. We yeah. all know this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and speaking of remakes, I just feel like I have to share what I just found out about the Slumber Party Massacre remake. Um, now I'm doing news. I don't know where this came from but yeah i just found out about the slumber party massacre remake which is premiering on the sci-fi channel it might even premiere by the time this episode airs or i i always say air like i'm on the fucking radio is posted well um, i mean it could kind of count as on air even though it's not live ah yes uh, well so yeah there's going to be a or, or there is it's done 
from what I read, it's been shot. It's in the can. It's premiering on sci-fi this year. It's being produced by Scream Factory, who put out the first three on DVD and Blu-ray. And the reason why it has it, the news is affecting me so much is because anybody who knows me. Um, knows that I am a hardcore slumber party massacre fanatic, and part three is my favorite movie of all time. I only saw the first one. Um, so is it going to be the first slumber party? Is it the remake of the first one? No, I was talking about the actual original movies. So is it... Is it going to be, is it an actual remake of the movie or is it a TV show that they're kind of doing a whole scary story theme with? I think it's a movie. Okay. And they have the, they even had the cast on the website that I was looking at. And I think there was, there's five girls and I've never heard of any of them. Well, that's promising. Usually the no names can be the best actors. That's true. That's true. And plus, um, they are probably young up and comers. So that means that we won't have like 20 somethings playing 16, 17 year old girls. But if the, if the movie does center around 16, 17 year old girls, that means that there probably won't be any nudity. Well, I mean, it is sci-fi. The the most we get is ass shots on TV now. Well, Scream Factory, since they're producing it, I'll probably put it out on Blu-ray eventually. Ah, and maybe have like a whole unrated cut or something? Probably. I think that's what happened with, well, yeah, that's definitely what happened with um, Cult of Chucky. Yeah. Um, Except that was put out by, uh, what, Universal? uh, Yeah, yeah. I should know this. I'm a huge Chucky fan. Shame I on me. You. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have even had to think about that. I know. I hang my head in shame. <sighs> we still have to do the child's playing movies sometime. We have to figure out a way to make that happen. And that we do. Maybe it can be one of the special episodes, like 75 or something. Maybe. And so, speaking of ones we still need to do, we still got to redo Nightmare 3. Unfortunately, because that was a fun one. It was. And unfortunately, the end product or the end result was unlistenable. And I really, I really didn't want to, to post it. And I'm like I said before to you, before we started recording, I'm not all that happy with the way patchwork turned out, but I'm still um, feeling things out in the podcasting realm. So this is still pretty fresh to me, even though we're 50 episodes in. Talk to me when we get to 250 and maybe I'll know what I'm doing by then. <laughs> hey, it's the it's a learning curve. Everybody started out at some point. Absolutely. Like uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, uh, Straight Chilling, really fun one. Um, some of their earlier stuff, like it's, it's good and it's fun, but you can definitely see the progression of the quality of their podcasts as the episodes go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that with some, um, podcasts too, that I've listened to that I've been around for a while. Um, 
But before we get started with the movie, um, have you seen anything recently? You had just said that you were watching something with Andrew tonight. Uh, we were are watching Mr. Robot right now, which is a really good, um, somewhat political. It's like it's political slash, you know, alternate world. Uh, just basically about how big conglomerates are taking over the world and just all their hidden agendas within them and how stuff with between them and the government's related. And I mean, as much as I hate how political things have become now, it's actually a really decent watch. Um, what is that on Netflix? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now, uh, but it was a sci-fi show as well. No, USA, USA um, premiered the it first premiered at South by Southwest uh, like in 2015. Which anybody who you know knows about South by Southwest, it's a big interactive um, internet music and film festival that lasts for two weeks and then drives all the Austin locals crazy because there's an influx of people, but you know, it's good money for the city. You said started on the USA network. Yes. It only lasted uh, four seasons. We're in season three right now. So we're kind of burning through it. It's a bit of a dedication, but once you're into it, like you're really into it. It's, it's pretty good. If you haven't watched it, it's check it out. I haven't watched the USA Network since Rhonda Shear left. <laughs> oh, with that whole up all night thing. Yeah, yeah. I grew up. I grew up on up all night. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I remember there was one night I was like nine or something. I think that was probably like the first time I saw Halloween on TV. And even when it's censored on USA, it's still creepy as hell when you're nine o'clock and it's like eleven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've pref- always preferred Rhonda's on Friday nights as opposed to Gilbert Gottfried on Saturday. Yeah. She just had so, a lot more charisma, I guess. She did. She absolutely did. And she made, as some of the movies are terrible, but she it, she made them fun. She was kind of like Elvira in that way. Right. Um. So other than Mr. Robot, have you seen any movies or... Uh, sadly, no. Um, gosh, no. I mean, we've just been kind of doing that. And then I watched, um, God, what was that? A Greasy Strangler. That one was just terrible. Yes. Somebody, (laughs) um, suggested that you watch that. Yes. Thank you for that. You've been subjecting me to some fun stuff, but I mean, it was just so silly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I like that it wasn't trying to be anything more than what it was, you know, but it, the Gracie Strangler is definitely not a movie that takes itself seriously. At not all. at all. Not at mm-hmm. all. I mean, dialogue's and, terrible. The effects are horrendous. Well, and- I remember the first time seeing it, thinking to myself, you know, for a movie with such bad dialogue, it's so quotable. <laughs> Some. I used to be buddies with um, somebody who had seen it and we used to text each other quotes from the movie all the time. You know, of course it was bullshit artists all the time. Um, Yeah. That was actually kind of annoying me. (laughs) (laughs) But it was also um, the scene when 
um, Big Ronnie dresses up as a private investigator. Oh my goodness. Please end all inquiries. Oh my goodness. Uh, So silly, but it's, it's fun to watch because you're tearing it apart the entire time and you're just laughing. So, I mean, it's, it's got something to say for entertainment value. I'll give it that much. Well, interestingly enough, the, the follow-up to The Gracie Strangler that the director did um, was a movie called An Evening with Beverly Loughlin. And um, the girl who played the mom in the Child's Play remake is in it. What's it? Uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. So, yeah, everything comes full circle with Child's Play. <laughs> it's a sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, me, I haven't seen... Well, I've seen a few things. I told you I, I caught that last blockbuster documentary yesterday. Yeah. Well, it was interesting, but I don't... I don't think it was as interesting as I was hoping it was going to be. But there were some celebrity... Um, celebrities doing um, their, their giving their input on Blockbuster and how it affected them and their you know, video stores in general. And Lloyd Kaufman does not like Blockbuster at all. And he, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they refused to carry his movies because I don't think Trauma rated their movies. Huh. Um, and if it didn't have a rating, then Blockbuster wouldn't carry it. Those and, bastards. Mm, well, they had to have an R-rated cut of just to carry Showgirls. Oh, my God. That movie's terrible. I, I'm going to pretend you didn't just say that. Oh, I um, did. <laughs> but there was also uh, Doug Benson and uh, Jamie Kennedy and... Adams, not Adam, uh, Kevin Smith was yes. Kevin Smith had an interesting point toward the end that I think he might have something. He was saying that because there are so many people who lament the video store days that there's a chance that they might come back and might be a niche market, kind of like the way vinyls come back and there are vinyl uh, stores now. Yeah. So you never know. There might be video stores again. Um, but I think it'll be in a very small radius if it does happen. Yeah. And I don't know. It would just, I think it would be tricky because I'm all for nostalgia and, you know, bringing back some retro stuff. But with the quality that we have now, as far as, you know, movies and hell, even just digital pictures go. It, you're right. It might be a very small niche for for it. Mm-hmm. If they rented Blu-rays, I don't know. Maybe. Um, but other than that, I watched a couple Netflix movies. I watched You Should Have Left with uh, Kevin Bacon. You should have left. What was that one? Um, it was him and Amanda Seyfried and 
they rent a house in the English countryside mm. um, with their little girl. And it, it's kind of creepy because he's like 62 and she's 35. Is she really? Yeah. I thought she was younger. Well, Mean Girls was like 17 years ago. Oh, gosh, don't say that. <laughs> it was just two years ago when I was working at the movies. <laughs> but yeah, she played his wife, which was creepy. And they had this, they rented this weird house that kind of... Um, is that had, is that the one where the their kid steals the stone and he gets possessed? No. Okay, that's a different one I'm thinking of. No, the the house in or the house or the land that it's built on um it is like some is surrounded by some kind of uh, demonic entity mm-hmm. um and the shopkeeper was really the only person who knew about it and they said they've tried to knock the house down several times but every time they knock it down another one gets replaced and if it's kind of like a portal to hell basically um interesting and i just ruined the whole movie for everybody uh spoiler alert um but other than that i watched come play which i did not like because it was too much like the babadook only it was not anywhere near as good as the babadook (laughs) yeah i like that one i only saw it the once but it's very memorable Oh, it's such a great movie. And I was not very impressed with the director's follow-up to that one because the Babadook has some pretty big shoes to fill. Several of them, actually. And I was very excited for the new movie by the director, whose name I can't remember right now. But she did a period film that was like Elizabethan and everybody was talking all Shakespearean. And I was like, ugh. No, I want the Baba Duck. Yeah, I'm a. I can usually get down for a good period piece, but it's got to be done well. Mm. Jennifer Kent was the name. Was her name? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, so that is about it. And I think we've been talking long enough, so um. I'm going to get my plugs out of the way, as I always do. Um, So, as always, please visit my Amazon author page by going to Amazon.com or opening the Amazon app, typing in Brandon Ford. You'll find a slew of my books in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll also find my titles on audible.com as well as the audible app by typing in brandon ford hopefully by the time this episode comes out the mystery of kelly christopher audiobook will be up um i'm working again with michael butler who did an excellent job um doing this one and he always does an excellent job with audiobooks. And if you are a budding author out there and you are looking for a good narrator i highly suggest working with him because not only is he very talented, but he's a really nice guy to work with. Um, Lastly, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, recommendations, requests for movies you'd like me to do, episodes of Tales from the Crypt you'd like me to do, or other shows you'd like me to do, please email me at 
blindragepod81 at gmail.com. And James, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I'm not as, um, what's the word, established as you are with all this. So, yeah, come and find me on Facebook if you want. You know, I've got some fun stuff up there. Nothing really noteworthy. Is your interview up yet? Uh, no, my professor is actually um, working on some of that. He did get the uh, photo and the link to uh, your Amazon stuff that I sent him. He said he's going to be working on some of that through the weekend. Uh, but once I let you know, or once I know, I will let you know. And I'll send you the link to that. James did an interview with me because he thinks I'm famous. Well, you're famous to me. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So do you have the movie? I oh. do. I All right. Do. So I hope, uh, if you're planning on watching along, you have it queued up and ready to go because we are going to begin with a three count. Um, it's going to be three, two, one, and then we are going to hit play as per usual. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This movie does not play around. We get no. a brutal gang rape right out the gate. I will have to say, though, I dig this music. It is very creepy, but it's I will give them credit for how they go about the opening scene, because, you know, rape is a terrible thing. It's I don't even want to imagine what that must feel like for anyone to go through man or female man or woman. You know, and they don't linger on it. So, but they don't show anything, but you know what's happening. So, yeah. you know, it's like that scene in um, Eye for an Eye with Sally Field. Like they have oh, like little, such a good movie. I love that movie. But that was, you know, that's a way to go about it. It's just like they don't show anything. It's just quick little snippets, so you know what's happening. And like, and it's so intense. I know. And Sally Field just kills it when she's on the she phone with does. her. She's fucking great in that movie. Yeah, I've always loved her. I saw that in theaters when it first came out. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my mom rented it. She, My mom's, like, probably in love with Sally Field. Like, she wants to be, wanted to be Sally Field for the longest time, but, you know. Well, Sally Field's pretty awesome. She's badass. But she rented that movie, and we all watched it, and we were just like, oh, my God. God, like this movie is intense and her performance is amazing. And I've I've always loved Kiefer Sutherland. He's just one of my favorites. He's a badass. He's really, really good at playing a really despicable character. I know, I know. But he just does it so well. I think that's why he's done it so many times because (laughs) he's so good at it. I know, I've always wanted to ask like, what is it that, you know, pl- about playing a villain that's just so enticing? You know, like I've heard interviews with, from actors about that topic and they just had to say that they have the best time of their lives because like it's such a vile character. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the villains that John Travolta plays. I mean, I've heard he's an asshole in real life. I mean, well, yeah, but, you know, he says that he's just had so much fun playing the villain. And probably one of my favorites is still um, Face Off. 
as when he plays Castro Troy. I've I've never seen it. You didn't see Face Off? <clears throat> no. That that came out when he had his resurgence because of Pulp Fiction, and there was like a new John Travolta movie every week, and I just mm. couldn't take it. Yeah. Well, that one was good. I mean, I'll give you that much. He was doing a lot at that point. He had Broken Arrow. That one. Jeez, um, how many? Countless others. Remember but, the movie Michael? Yes, where he played the angel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen that movie in its entirety. Like, I've seen bits and pieces over the years, so I know what it's about, but I don't think I've ever watched it the full way through. Oh, and um, Phenomenon, when he got hit by that light and gave him superpowers. I never saw that, but I just remember the trailer where he was spinning the sunglasses with his hand. Yeah, that one was a good one. Good little drama. So what's fun about this is that immediately after all that happens, you know, you get this nail gun killer. And but I love how you how fake you can tell the nails are when they're sticking out of people. Sure. <laughs> well, um, there's I noticed that the, this movie borrows a lot from other movies um, with the with the opening with the gang rape. Um, that's clearly borrowing from all the exploitation movies from the 70s involving rape, um, the rape revenge subgenre, like I spit on your grave and the last ass on the left. And um, spoiler alert, in case you haven't seen the movie, um, the brother of the girl who gets raped is the killer. And um, she takes his mask off to reveal his identity at the end. And to me, that was reminiscent of prom night. Um, and then there's the scene, the chainsaw where he, the, the killer shoots a guy with the chain uh, in the back of the neck and he cuts his hand off or something with the chainsaw. Yeah. That part was funny. Um, it kind of, another part the look too. of the movie, it reminds me of, um, Ah, jeez, what's that movie? Um, the Town That Dreaded Sundown. And it kind of has like that kind of a grittiness to it that's kind of looks like, you know, the old old Grindhouse movies. So I like that it about does, it. It does have that. I will say that. Um, have you seen Town That Dreaded Sundown? I started it. If I, I it, was, it put me to sleep. Aww. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of a slow story, but it's it's good. I mean, I I like it just because like it happened. I mean, not that it happened. It's so cool. It's so great. It's terrible. But I mean, to make a movie from an actual history of serial killings, especially that happened in my home state, you know, sense of realism. Exactly. But Um, they also made um. A sequel slash remake. Um, yeah, I I, I heard I heard that it's it's not really decided on exact what it is because it's not really a remake, but it's also not really a sequel, but it's also not really a reimagining. It's just, yeah, it's just it's its own thing. It's which its is, own thing, exactly. It's pretty cool how they went about it. I mean, it's not a bad movie by any means. But, you know, to take 
something a, a kind of an underground movie that like not probably not a lot of people have seen or are even aware of and then to kind of, to put their own little spin on it and do what they did with it it's pretty good is i'm sorry um i just want is this the scene where we're getting some gratuitous female nudity yes Yes. I I do remember this scene, and I do remember that she had really nice boobs, this girl. Um, but I think fake. Well, this is 1985, so maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, I just talk smash because it's what I do. But I remember. I think that this was in the director's com um uh, uh, not commentary, but his interview that's on the DVD. Uh, he said that pretty while they were filming this scene, pretty much every male, straight male on the in, on the crew, found some reason to talk to her about yeah, something. Of course, I mean she's a pretty girl. I mean '80s hairstyle, but you know. <laughs> I do but remember the scene being very porno-y. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What I can't get over is just how much it looks like the 70s. It does. Like, like, was it shot in the 70s and then it just took them so long to get it released or something? Because it looks 70s-tastic. Or maybe it was, like, around the turn. I don't know, but it just... It does not look like the 80s. I don't think so. I remember... The director said, or the writer... Yeah, writer-director. He said that he was working on... Or he was... Fuck. He was going to a construction site, or he was working in a construction site. I don't know. But there were some people who were supposed to be construction workers behind the building, and they were... They had nail guns, and they were um, playing... They were shooting at each other. And he thought to himself, oh, well, that would be a good idea for a movie. But I also think that the nail gun as a weapon um, is uh, a a reference to the toolbox murders. Uh, Heard of it. Never saw it. Oh, there's a pretty horrific um, scene that involves a nail gun. Nice. But that nail guns don't work that way anymore. So. Yeah, anytime I see a movie involving a nail gun and they don't, like, to have a nail gun work nowadays, there's a little, like, plunger that you have to push up against and that's what shoots the nail out. You can't just pull the trigger and nails come out anymore. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah. That's a, a safety measure. Exactly, right exactly. So when I see that, it, when I see that that doesn't happen in movies, even not even in horror movies, just movies in general, I'm like, bullshit! Nail guns don't work that way. <laughs> you call them bullshit on that? I do. It's fun to call bullshit on things. Andrew has this thing where he does he what really gets him is um, when they're supposed to be driving a car, but the the shifter is in park <laughs> and annoys the crap out of him. I wouldn't. That's something that I, I would never notice because I don't drive. Aww. I've never driven. Yeah. 
It's still funny. Oh, here comes your favorite hand slicing chainsaw scene. Yeah, this is like remin- this is reminiscent of the scene in the original Chainsaw Massacre when the truck driver throws the wrench at Leatherface and he falls backwards and he cuts his leg oh. with the chainsaw. I didn't even put that together. Cut it out, Mark. You want me to piss on you? Do you want me to piss on you? What a line. <laughs> As if we all haven't heard that one before, am I right? I know. But that's funny, you see like a little bit of peen right there. <laughs> Not as full frontal as the other one, but it's there. Is it? Well, when he turns around and he's still peeing, yeah. Oh my goodness. I miss so much. And this right here, like... You get shot in the dick, you're gonna be screaming bloody murder. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably. Ah, uh, my screen's frozen. <laughs> Catch up, you bastard. This acting is so piss poor. I know. <laughs> Oh lord! <laughs> you got the chance. Did you? Did it start playing again? Uh, like the sound is going. Oh shit! Oh no! Did Lester do something to it? Mother forker! What did you do, James? Shit. Talk to Uh, me, James. It just cut out, and now I've got to go back to my spot. Okay. I can't even even tell you where to go. Okay. I think I was right about here. Well, it just finished the scene with the chainsaw, and we're on to the next scene. See if I can feed you some dialogue. Okay. Severed hand, chainsaw. Cast that. Okay. Uh, car pulling up. I'm waiting for somebody to talk. All I hear is crickets. Sheriff's getting out of the car. He has a really weird name. It's like Ron Queen or something. Oh, the actor? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's some kind of attractive about him. Maybe it's the uniform thing. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> Let me know what you get on it. All right. That's where we are. Okay. All right. See, I, I think I'm caught music- up. The music went from that really cool, like, creep show esque music at the beginning, and now it's like this shitty piano cue. I don't know what happened there. I kind of like how they they somewhat mix it. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the piano in general. Like, I just think it's a beautiful instrument. But to uh, mix it with whatever it is they're oh, using. 
We're in the. I'm sorry to cut you off. We're in the general store with the director's mom. Okay, that's where I am too. I might be off by like a second or two, but I'm right with you. So where's the script? You said it's right on the counter in front of her. Oh, behind the box. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you can drag your greasy skull, yeah, <laughs> your greasy skull out of bed. I like how she feels the, that they actually wrote it to like narrate how much everything is. And she says the total amount like four times and they're like, how much is it? How much is it? <laughs> and um, after or when the scene, uh, right before the scene cuts, she looks at the camera because she's not sure when to stop or when it's supposed to, they're supposed to stop. Yeah, the chick in the bed did the same thing. We're dealing with rank amateurs here. Yeah. This might as well be a porno movie. <laughs> now, was this the, di- the director's first movie? I think it's his only movie. Ah. Well, I thought I saw somewhere else that they, they did something else. I don't know. Uh, at least Terry Lofton, I think, writer, direct, writer, co-director. Um, yeah, no. Okay. I don't know why I thought I saw that somewhere. Uh, oh well. I can't believe the scene is still going on. <laughs> Yeah, and hidden advertisement with the Marlboros. Remember, kids, go smoke. <laughs> I don't think they had any permission for that. Yeah. I. But I do like the fact that it was filmed in Texas. Yeah. Just because, yeah, like I told you, I was like I told you last night that I was reading the book about the about movies filmed in Austin. And obviously, this isn't going to be in there because it was I was going to say, did they yeah. mention it? No, this one was shot in um, outside of Dallas. So, yeah, a little bit of a ways. You know, there ain't been no one killed around here in over 10 years. But it's just, yeah. Small towns. Like, I always wondered if they were, how accurate their portrayal of small townsmanship really is. And that's just in general. Yeah. But, yeah. You know what I don't get, though? Why this movie has such a high body count. If the killer's main motive is to go after the men who were involved in the gang rape, why are all, the, all these... There's women getting killed? A girl who gets nailed to a... A building, a house. Yeah, the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker gets he gets nailed to the road. Everybody's there. There's like six people involved in the rape, yet like 25 get killed altogether. Right. Yeah, I was questioning that too, but I mean, you already spoiled the ending, so. But yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, I can understand, you, you know, a brother wanting to take. Vengeance on some people who raped his sister. Absolutely, I would probably do the same thing. But I mean, why kill innocent bystanders like the two girls that were just looking for some gas? You know, right? I was just like, oh no, they're just innocent. Come on. 
It looks like they've been you know, quite a Who knows? I guess once you go on a killing craze, you just... You don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Anywho. But yeah, you're right on that. High body count, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think a high, a high body count is more fun when you have a killer who... Um, mixes things up a bit. Right. I mean, how many... Uh, how many... Um, nail gun butchery butcherings can we sit through mm. before it stops being interesting about an hour and a half's worth mm. <laughs> but yeah and some of those nails nail gun shots they they wouldn't have killed those people like no I was thinking the same thing too. Unless it and the nail hit a vital organ or a main artery, yeah, or you get hit in the eye. Um, Actually, I think you could survive that. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know, but I mean, not if it punctures your brain. Yeah, but it would have to be real, really in there because I mean, once because the killer's at a distance. But and once the nail penetrates the flesh, it's gonna slow down. So even at a distance, if it gets it in the eye, I think you could probably survive that. At a I distance, I can't believe we're dipping. I know. This is what we do, kids. <laughs> we debate the the validity of deaths. <laughs> well, the authenticity of Z-grade horror films. Indeed. <laughs> oh, here's the hitchhiker. Yeah, and this part reminds me of um, Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying. This movie borrows from everything. Yeah. But you know, they say imitation is the is the greatest form of flattery. So you know, why not? Well, I just think that the writer didn't really have a whole hell of a lot of ideas outside the nail gun being right. the weapon. Right. I mean, like I said, the whole script was born out of that, you know, dueling um, nail gun fight behind the construction site or whatever it was. Right. But um, I was going to say something. Crap, I forgot what it was. Um, oh, yeah. Something about it was the 80s. So, like, I guess... Home- Horror movies were just kind of like known for the one thing, you know, like killing and nudity, pretty much. So they, there were a lot of directors out there, as this movie proves, that you didn't really need to put a whole lot of thought into, you know, your characters. No, as long as it's product. And right. this is this is eighty five, so this was right when movies were starting to be made for the home video market. Right. Um, See, like that, he got shot in the arm. That wouldn't have killed him. Oh, God. <laughs> but I like the fact that it's an ugly-ass green hearse that, that he's driving. How is the voice manipulated? You know, I was wondering about that myself. Um, I don't know. Did they have, like, voice modulators back then? 
I don't think one that would work as fancily or do the job that it's doing in the movie. Right. Um, and maybe not even one that small back then. No, no, definitely not. But I think I I think it would have been creepier if the um, killer didn't talk at all. Because right. all when he does, all he does is deliver these stupid one-liners that aren't even funny. Right, right. Like, stop trying to be Chucky. Stop trying to be Freddy. You know, just mm. go around, do your thing. I think a stealth killer is more frightening. Right. And I think that the whole movie is set up for you to believe that um, Linda, the character who who was raped, was the actual... Well, that's what I was thinking throughout the whole movie. You know, because, I mean, the killer is pretty agile, you know, so... And also, it's very difficult to establish a timeline. That's true. But it, on Wikipedia, it says it's supposed to be six months right. after the fact. Yeah. But I mean, I, they, I they do make reference to that, which, you know, kudos to the writers. But you just, you don't see it visually. You know, it's just like, okay, this is the next day. Okay, this is the next day. This is the next day, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just me nitpicking. Do does Linda even seem like she's been traumatized in any way? Um, the interaction that the boys have that are fixing up the house with her, um, she's just very angry, you know, and you don't really understand. I mean, you understand why, but that's all they you don't. get. Yeah, they don't they know why, but yeah, she's just really pissed off when she's yelling about the um, receipt. <laughs> mm. But yeah, these... This movie is... It's fun, silly. You know, it's one of those bad movies that I don't mind watching. Well, I enjoy a so bad as good yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think this this movie is better suited to watch with a group, though. Right, and just tear it apart. Yeah. This is the trucker with the beard and the gut. This is the director, you said? I think he's got a white T-shirt. Yes. Mm, yeah, that's him. Okay, crazy. <laughs> I like it when directors make little cameos in their movies. Thank you, Alfred Hitchcock. He, even he pointed out um, in the in the interview that he wasn't too happy about the way he looked because he had he had put on some weight. Aww. He's he was he's he was thinner in the um, in the interview. Aww. Well <laughs> they say the but camera he, adds ten pounds. <laughs> well I was just I was gonna steal the <laughs> <laughs> that joke from Friends when they uh, were watching the home video of um, Monica when she was in high school and she was really fat and she oh says God. the camera adds 10 pounds and Chandler <laughs> says how many cameras are actually on you? <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I love that you can clearly tell that it's a fat suit. <laughs> yeah, and she's got like the you know the fake double chin and everything. And actually, you can see the suit through her sleeves <laughs> in some of the shots. I know silliness. And Rachel's original nose was just ridiculous. Oh my goodness. And this is like the only night shot of the movie. Well, lights are expensive. Right. Oh, no, wait, I take that back. The, the couple getting it on in the car, that was a night shot. Okay, so we have two. <laughs> but, you know, who knows what the reasons were. I mean, I'm sure lights are expensive and everything's expensive, especially if you're trying to make a movie on very little money, clearly. So I guess it's just a matter of where you put it. Could we get to the infamous... Sex scene in the woods yet up against the tree. Not yet. That's coming up in a couple of scenes. Nike! <laughs> they, they didn't get permission from anybody. Nah. Okay, here's the. Go ahead. I was just going to say here's the lumberyard scene where they have the interaction with the girl that was raped. What's her name? Mm. Linda? Her name was Linda. Linda, I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's a nice car, too. It's a old Chevy Blazer. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, little SUV. Very boxy. I like that old look. I like that boxy look on old cars. Was that? I'm I'm guessing that this was shot on 16, so that's probably why it has that 70s grindhouse look. Right. I, I can't imagine a movie like this being shot on 35. Nah. It would probably look a little more quote-unquote modern for the 80s. Um, she reminds me of... Um, I can never remember the actress's name, but... Um, the not Sigourney Weaver, but the other chick from Alien. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. You know who, who I mean? She was also she was also in Witches of Eastwick. Veronica Cartwright. I can never remember her name. Yeah, she played um, <laughs> Jack's mom on Will and Grace. Did she? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, she's in a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, she's had a hell of a career. But I, I just I. I see her name all the time, but I can never remember her name. <laughs> well, maybe now I'll remember. Doubtful. <laughs> but yeah. Did you see Witches of Eastwick? A long time ago. Uh, that's a good one. I love that one. Well, with a cast like that, I mean, no come shit. On. Okay, we're getting closer to your famous sex scene. Okay. Just well, the, the clothes, they just look so 70s. Well, maybe the 80s didn't get to Texas yes. until about 1990. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I just, 
the high riding hip hugging jeans. Uh, I don't know. Mm. All right, so we're coming up on a sex scene that's kind of exploitative, kind of sleazy. And it's the Hal character and his girlfriend, whose name I'm blanking on. But I know, and that's another thing. Like, they don't really say names too often so you they really don't know <laughs> like i didn't even know until the end that the brother's name that they called him bubba bubba <laughs> yeah and that's another chainsaw massacre reference really yeah who did they call bubba in chainsaw leatherface did they yeah huh yeah um, it's been quite a while, but I don't remember them calling him Bubba. Well, I don't, they might not have called him Bubba in the first one. Okay. Maybe they did. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they call him Bubba in the second one, which wasn't out yet. That was 86. That's the one but, with Dennis Hopper, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that one's fun. Oh, I love Chainsaw too. <laughs> You don't love Chainsaw 2, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I'm not um, going to say I love it, but I don't hate it. How about that? <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it's a hell of a lot better than the Renee Zellweger, Matthew McConaughey one. Well, I mean, come on. Hell, the remake is better than that one. Ugh. And I am one of the few people who like part three. Uh, which one was that one? Um, with uh, Ken Foray um, and uh, Vigo Mortensen. Did I see that one? Chainsaw uh, Massacre 3. He's Googling while we're doing the commentary, everybody. Yes, okay. yes, I am. So while you're doing that, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell a story about the this sex scene that's coming up. Please or do. We might need it, to be it's a good it. one. It's a uh, good. It is. We're not but I got on this it yet. But oh, we may be by the time I finish. It. Yeah. Um, but this comes from the director because he he said this in the interview that's on the DVD, um, and that was after the actor who plays Hal, his wife saw the movie. He was so convinced that he was actually having sex with the actress that she divorced him. Um, and the director said that he had to be on the ground between their legs for, and they were both ass naked. Um, had to be on the ground between their legs for the purposes of making sure that the the special effects that were about to come into play involving the the nails or where they were going to go and he said that while they were not having sex it was as close as it gets because there's a lot of rubbing up in there. There's a lot of rubbing, yes. So I can only imagine that he probably had a boner and it was slapping up against her. 
and so, that that really is as close as it gets right there pretty much i mean that's some pretty hardcore foreplay that's like something that you do when you're a teenager both you're straight um that's like the equivalent of you know just the tip yes did we even get to it yet? It's coming up. They're still on the blanket. They're getting ready to go over to the woods right now. Mm. But And we also get to see the actor's penis. Penis. Which is which is uh, always a good thing in <laughs> horror movies. Indeed. You get something for the straight guys, why not get something for the gig for the gay guys? Come on. Well, finally enough, that's what that's what happened. Um while they were editing Wild Things, the uh, because Kevin Bacon was not supposed to do full frontal. Really? Um, yeah, it, Matt Dillon screwed that up. He was supposed to he was supposed to uh, hold the towel um, a certain way or in a certain hand. I think it was he had the wrong hand or yeah. something like that. And so I think he had it in the left hand instead of the right, right and it gave full access to Kevin Bacon and the director wanted to cut it out or use an alternate take and the it was edited by a woman and she argued with him and said you know there's always boobs and stuff for the men in these movies what about the women and the gay men right we want to see something too exactly and john mcnaughton said well let me call kevin and see what he says and all kevin said was how do i look and the director said you look good yeah. and kevin said no all right leave it in i don't care yeah, my sister and I, we went, and so here's your sex scene, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I heard. I could yeah. hear the <laughs> My sister and I, we snuck into that movie, and I remember when that part came on, I was like 11 or 12, so, you know, right at the height of your puberty, I was like, hello, Mr. Bacon. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. It was, I remember growing up, because you didn't have porn, or well, I didn't. No. You're a little bit younger than me. Um, but it was you had to go. You have to jump through a lot of hoops in order to see penis. And if you saw penis in a movie, it was incredibly rare. It was like um, an eclipse, kind of. Right, and you take or, it all in. You had to. And, but those are the days with VCR when you had to pause it. You had the emulsion lines. And, <laughs> and you know... And if you it, left it on pause too long, the tape would stop. The tape would wear out. <laughs> oh. And there we have the nail. There we go. Yeah, I remember, like, being, being a kid and, like, being happy with an ass shot. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Out Cold? With mm -hmm. um, Terry Gar, no. Uh, and John Lith John Lithgow is in it, and you see not one but two penises in the first ten minutes of the movie. Huh. And unfortunately, one of them is a very unattractive character or actor. But what was it called? Um, Out cold. 
Out Cold came out in, I think, 88. Yeah, it's Terry Gar, John Lithgow. And um, there's a scene where she's she's cheating on her husband. She's she's uh, um, and he comes home. Yeah. And she says, of course, you know, my husband's home and the guy that she's uh, in bed with gets up and he's, you know, fumbling around trying to get his clothes on and you see everything and right before he gets under the bed and then the husband comes home and he gets undressed to take a shower and he stands like full dick out in the doorway t- talking to her. Well, that's nice for the 80s. Did you ever see the episode of Tales from the Crypt that she was in where um, she f- they faked the husband's death to get the insurance money and he goes to um, Brazil? It sounds familiar... Well, it's this—it's the same actor um, who plays her husband in the movie. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I may have seen it. I mean, it's God. Tales from the Crypt was so long ago. I really want to get the whole box set series. I can't believe it's not on Blu-ray because it's such an iconic series I know like everybody was involved with Tales from the Crypt from actors to directors and writers Mm -hmm. like it was an honor to be a part of it back then I think absolutely I mean freaking Daniel Craig was in an episode oh that must have been the British season it was a little later in the series yeah but I don't even really count that season because yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, yeah, and it's uh, what's his name is also in uh, um, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, was on, I was have on that season it. actually. <laughs> I think it's you like- have. That's the only season you have. The shitty one that was made in England. It was five bucks at Walmart. Well, I wonder why. Yeah. It's not even worth five bucks. But I bought it. I bought it like the day it came out just so I could have the whole set. Yeah. I knew I was never going to. Well, actually, I tried to watch it. And then I was like, okay, no, I can't even get past the first few episodes. It was so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I just watched it for the Crypt Keeper. But I got my tax return, so I should I should buy it. I got money right now. Yeah, it's not that expensive if you get it on Amazon. Nah. And even, like, going out and about, like, it used to be, like, 70 bucks. Now I could probably get it for, like, 30 So. Probably about that, yeah. But, yeah. God, those are, like, some of my, not earliest, but some of my, like, some of my earliest and most fun memories of a child. You know, my brother and my sisters, we would stay up late on Friday night and just watch Tales from the Crypt. You know, Mm. some stuff that a five year old should not be seeing, but it was still a lot of fun because we did it as siblings. It was just awesome. Did you see the one with uh, Tia Carrera? I I know I have, but I don't remember the story. It was her and um, Heavy D. 
Heavy D was like a voodoo um, tattoo artist. Yes. And um, yeah, there was a there was a pretty a pretty racy sex scene in that one, um, where it's missionary and the guy's just like going to town on her. <laughs> and I remember watching that. I, well, I used to tape it all the time, and um, my I and we had cable in the living room, uh. so, so I had to watch it with my parents. And my mother, I remember, she was so not happy with that episode, and so she got the um, tape that it was on, and she decided that she was going to censor it so she just recorded over it with any random thing that was on tv at that time and it happened to be an episode of 90210 so i just remember like it cutting to jenny garth right before that scene (laughs) and then you know the static and then it fades back in to the episode how old were you I don't remember that season, so um, what season that was. I might have been 12, 12, 13. So that age where your parents are concerned about what you see on screen. Well, my parents were always, they didn't care about horror. Right. They didn't care about violence. My, I lived in one of those houses where it was sex is a no-no, violence all right, you know, blood and guts is fine, but sex, no, 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 we can't have that. Yeah, that's how my mom was. You know, because she knew that we were we were old enough to know that it was, you know, make-believe and not real. I mean, hell, when I was like seven or eight, like my brother, he was doing a... Some kind of research project for his film class in high school, and we rented all the Friday the 13th at the time. At that time, they were like nine, and we watched them all as a family. <laughs> so that was fun to do. This acting is so bad. I know. Did you get the unrated version of Jason Goes to Hell? Uh, I've never owned that movie, but my brother did, and we watched it. Yeah, yeah. That's a gnarly fucking kill where she gets split in half. Yeah. When they're fucking in the tent. Yeah. That that was like one of the main things that was cut from the movie for the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. Um Right, because didn't in the theatrical version you just see it come through, you don't see him like. You go just upward. see the knife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, you see the you see the 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 machete and the the, the camera is on the guy right. lying on his back. But you don't see the full on like slicing upward, right? No, you don't yeah. see anything. <laughs> yeah, God, that one's terrible. I was t- I was talking about this during a solo commentary, so I was talking to myself, but um. Yeah, it was it was funny because um, that scene, uh, the editor was talking with the director and he was like, I don't know what to do with this scene because you it's you see a lot. And the director's like, well, what do you define a lot? 
and the editor was like, well, I got the whole fruit basket. <laughs> because they were both totally naked. Right. Yeah, that dude did have a nice butt. <laughs> yeah, he was cute. And um, the director said that he really did not care at all about being ass naked right. in the movie. That's generally the... Um, the consensus um, is that the guys really don't care about doing nudity. The women are the ones who are more timid. It's rare that a guy will be uptight about doing a nude scene. Right. I mean, I can understand that from a woman's perspective, especially if she wants to go on and have like a full, a, a long career. Like they don't want something like that. But, yeah, and in, in the 80s, that would ruin your career. Right. Pretty apparent what they were doing out here. I mean, but um, kudos for John, for Jennifer Lawrence for, you know, going full frontal in Red Sparrow. I wasn't expecting that. It's like there's someone out there giving them directions or something. Um, but, you know, I, you, you get full frontal from both the man and the woman in that movie. So, you know, it balances out. What what male actors are we talking about? In Red Sparrow, I I don't know. Um, I've never seen. It's it was a no name dude. Um, she's basically like um, she gets recruited by this. She plays a Russian, and she gets recruited by you know some spy agency, and she's like in this class and basically it's like this is what you're going to have to do if you're going to want to get intel from you know people this is you're, you're going to have to you know basically have sex with them and she you know drops trail and so does the other actor that's sitting next to her and they're yeah they're just like in front of all these this whole class and I can't remember if they actually like get it on but I think it's implied that they do like yeah it's an, it's an interesting movie but I think um, now that um, Full Frontal with male actors is becoming commonplace, I think we're going to get to a point where it's full penetration is something that's not going to be shocking anymore. Yeah, give it time. I mean, hell, they got... You've already got ass shots on primetime TV. John Waters said that in an interview, he said there's going to be some actress who's going to do it and she's going to be a major A-lister and it's going to cause a huge uproar. Um, but it's also going to cause a lot of people to see the movie. Right. It's like, mark my words, it's going to happen. <laughs> I know. I mean, we're not too far off already. No. No, really not. I mean, I remember when you could say, you could say son of a bitch on TV, but you couldn't call somebody a bitch. You know, it's just like that standard from back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the shootout, the nail gun shootout at the construction site. <laughs> what the fuck? Do you hear this laughter? What is that? It's the two workers just having fun with the nail guns. Oh, I thought it was the killer. Like, <laughs> not yet. Oh my! God. So this right here is what inspired the movie. The director saw I this. Think, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Minus the guy raking himself. <laughs> yeah. 
No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, this movie, this scene's pretty funny. Because every man out there knows what it's like to get hit in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even just the slightest tap hurts like hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I enjoy being a guy, but that... That sucks that that's like our one major flaw. Well, from what I hear, I don't know if it's comparable, but to get hit in the boob, it's it's pretty painful. Yeah. So my best friend has told me that. And I think especially if it's um, during menstruation, because that's when they're they're very, very sensitive. Oh, yeah. This just turned into a different, totally different kind of podcast. <laughs> yes. Where's Dr. Drew? <laughs> Talking about balls and boobs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Okay, so the timeline was like they raped the girl six months ago. Yeah. And the house still isn't done that they're working on. No. Come on, guys. What are y'all doing? Oh, wait, we know. They're raping women. <laughs> Jackasses. I think there should have been some sort of preamble to the rape. Right. Um, so... Well, I mean, because... that she was delivering the lumber, and they just decided yeah. to have their way with her. Right. But I mean, the movie is eighty-four minutes, as it is. There, there might have been, um, and then they just ran out of money, or they decided to cut it down for time. Maybe, maybe. But yeah. movies like this are usually—it's got to be under ninety minutes. Was that like a rule back then, or? Well, no, but, well, I mean, usually they, with these kinds of movies, they had just enough money to make it 80 minutes. So, and I think 80 or 75 or 80 minutes, that was a rule to for dis- distributors to consider it a feature. Uh, okay. And that's why you have a lot of movies with credits, opening credits on a black screen because they're trying to pad the running time. Okay. So, I mean, cut out opening credits and ending credits. The movie itself is like maybe 70 minutes? Maybe. Jeez. Yeah, it's just um, it's just crazy. Like typical movies back then, hour and a half, and not just horror, but movies in general. Nowadays, it's just like two hours, and which is fine. But it's like if you've got a long story to tell, the longer the better. I I was never really a huge fan of Happy Birthday to Me, but. I found the Blu-ray was cheap on 
Amazon, so it's like, all right, I'll give it another chance. That movie is a slasher movie, and it's an hour, 51 minutes. Really? Yeah. And I was, I couldn't even get through it. And I know that movie has a big fan base, but it's just too long. And does it just like drag out? It does, at least to me. And there are there are scenes in that movie where I was like, why is why is this even in the movie? This <laughs> could have been cut out and there it wouldn't have affected the story. Like there's scenes in a classroom where the teacher is actually going over the curriculum. It's like a biology and they're like talking about the fucking frog. It's like, come on. Like, what does this have to do with the overall story? What does this have to do with the overall story? And the main thing, I think, that do you know the cover? Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. I've seen that cover everywhere, but I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Well, everybody, I think, wanted to see that movie because they wanted to see that shish kebab kill. Right. And it's not even in the movie. Lame. I mean, and the, the director was... The, it, that was um, brought up on the documentary... Um, what was it? Um, fucking shit. Uh, going to Pieces going to pieces documentary and the director was talking about it and the distributor came up with that campaign on their own and um the director didn't like it and he called the distributor and he said well it was my understanding that we were um going to be consulted Uh and with this and the distributor said well you've just been consulted and he hung up the phone Oh, that's messed up. It, I don't know what he was mad about. It's a good cover. Right, um, but it's it's the principle of the matter, I guess. It's the principle. I, yeah, I get it. But also, I mean, you're going to have you're going to have an image, but that's not even part of the movie. That's not in the that yeah. And that was a thing too with scenes in trailers right. uh, that weren't in the movie. Yeah, I remember growing up when I was like um, 14 or something like that when that movie Camp Nowhere came out. Do you remember that movie with Thora Birch? Uh, it sounds familiar. Camp Nowhere. Camp Nowhere. I think um, Christopher Lloyd was in it too. Um, it was a really stupid and forgettable movie, but there was a scene that was in the trailer where they're making a popcorn omelet and it like it inflates like one of those Jiffy Pop thing um, popcorn thing and it explodes and you see them all screaming and running out of the kitchen and that whole scene sequence is not even not even in the movie that sucks I always hated when they did that okay I remember I remember seeing that trailer I remember the movie but I didn't see it no parents, no counselors, no rules. <laughs> yeah. That, that's why the, sh- um, the popcorn omelet. <laughs> popcorn omelet. That would probably be really good if you were high. <laughs> All right. We get the only other night shot of the movie with this couple here. Oh, I thought the movie was over. Not yet. 
It's got about like 20 something more minutes. Are you kidding me? Nope. Jesus Christ. Listen to this music. <laughs> See, that's the thing with um, um, with rights. Um, people did pay attention to music. You couldn't, you couldn't, you know, just get any song and put it in a movie. That that was something that people did pay attention to and did, you know, slap a suit on you for. Oh, but yeah. if you had, if you had a Marlboro like poster or something in the background they might say something they might not right but I mean it's free advertisement for whatever it is that's yeah I don't I mean I'm not a that's not a lawyer involved with the movies I mean I don't imagine that they would mind but I mean music is kind of the equivalent to like intellectual property so that's yes that's true but generally, what um, the the main thing with um, with low budget film uh, filmmaking is, you would call uh, like Coke, um, who's always up for advertising, right? Or like like Doritos or whatever, and you'll say, you know, if you send us some Coke and some Doritos. Um, we'll make sure your product is prominently placed in the movie, right. and then they'll like get enough coke for the whole crew, Throughout and then the you'll see special. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Now, and if it's a low budget movie, I'm wondering, like, who pays who on that? Does the filmmakers like pay coke to get their product, or would coke? No, no, nobody pays anybody. Okay. It's just about it's, product placement. Okay. Coke just will send you a whole shitload of Coke <laughs> just so that it'll be used. It'll be seen in the movie. Okay. And then, you know, you, the whole crew. That was um, Herschel Gordon Lewis was talking about that for, um, for one movie. I can't remember what it was. It was one of his earlier um, gore movies, and he made a deal with Kentucky Fried Chicken because he loved Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> and um, they had it in the movie, and they had Kentucky Fried Chicken for days and oh, days geez. and days, and the crew was so fucking sick of it. And but he said, "I wasn't. I was still eating it cold and everything." <laughs> Oh lord! I mean, hey, free food. If you got no money, you may as well take it. Well, that—that that is one of the main things that the um, they don't want to pay for is to feed the the cast and the crew. Right. And if you can get free catering, yeah, no shit. All right, another sex scene. <laughs> This Killer one doesn't have up. penis. I know, you barely get a side-ass shot. Bullshit. But I like how it says, hang on. <laughs> yeah, at least give him, you know, the courtesy to finish. And a nail gun would not sound like a gun. No. 
Oh, an itch. Uh-huh. I don't think we're on the right. I don't think we're synced up. Call me the Avenger. You just... See these yeah, these lines. I think I'm probably are, two seconds behind you. No. Yeah. These lines aren't even funny. Nah. It's just stupid. I'm like when he said, okay. "I'm just let's just say I'm not Dirty Harry." <sighs> yeah, I think I'm like five seconds behind you, but you know we're pretty much on par as far as the overall scenes go. I'm sorry. I thought he. He was going to get shot in the ass with a gun. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just don't understand. Really? And you do? You weren't the one that was raped. <laughs> These lines are so stupid. And you thought the Greasy Strangler had bad dialogue? Yeah, I stand by that. The Greasy Strangler was funny. <laughs> that Michael Jackson story. Oh, oh my, my God. Jeez. There's another part that always cracks me up when um, Big Ronnie's talking about um, going out and getting uh, fucking like $10 daiquiris or something. I forget the exact line, but I just love the way he goes, motherfuckers. And the actor who plays the son is in that other movie I told you about with Opie Plaza. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss working those festivals. They were pretty cool. Did you meet her? No, I never met anybody famous. Um, I would just... This company that I used to work for, they... Um, install Wi-Fi. God, I can't speak. They install Wi-Fi for um, events like that, and Fantastic Fest is a horror film festival that's held every year, and basically they just had me on site to monitor the Wi-Fi and make sure it didn't go out, so I was pretty much just stuck in the projection booth. But, so was anybody from the Gracie Strangler there? Um, I think so. They would, after, after each movie screened, they would... Um, whoever involved with the film would um, either like do like a little meet and greet in the theater or they'd be on the outside at a table, you know, like just shooting the shit and talking to people. Um, but yeah, I do remember seeing snippets of that movie and just thinking like even from the projection booth, not hearing it, how ridiculous it was. <laughs> what do they use? To, Cause I think I doubt they use 35 millimeter film. That I could not tell you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I wish I, I would have gone like into the theaters and like listened to some of the panels, but yeah, I didn't. I did see Elijah Wood outside, though. That was pretty cool. Well, he produced it. Did he? Yeah, it was um, his uh, production company. Oh, OK. That's why. Yeah, I remember oh, he's he's big into horror. Yeah, he's a huge horror fan. And you want you know what? Hmm. His, we both have something in common. We both, our introduction to horror is the same. We both, our first horror movie is the same. Which is? Um, Truth or Dare, A Critical Madness. That is the first horror movie I remember seeing. And it's the same thing with him. He was about five. I think I was about the same. Wow. 
Yeah, I wish I would have gone up and like talked to him, but I was a little starstruck. He's tiny. He is. He's only about like five six. Yeah. That's why I thought it was funny when he was cast in Maniac. I was like, who'd be afraid of little Elijah Wood? Well, someone who's gonna scalp you? I would. <laughs> yeah, but you could just fucking pop him in the mouth. This is true. In that face, I mean, come on. Yeah. He's not a killer. He's he's too adorable to be a killer. <laughs> he looks like, and he's like 40, and he still looks like a little boy. I know. You know what movie I've been wanting to watch lately? American Psycho. Mm. Mm. That's a great one. Indeed. I think it was like yesterday or the day before, marked like the 20th anniversary of it. Or 21st anniversary. Yeah. God, that movie's um, trippy. I thought it was older. I thought it was like 99 it came out. It may have been. I thought it was It was 99 or 2000. It might be 2000. Um, 2000, yeah. It was um, It was either yesterday or the day before. I, I'm starting to um, use my Twitter account again. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, just so that I could have another outlet to... Um, post about the podcast and there what I don't I don't want to give them a plug because I don't think they follow me back so fuck you um, but they re, they tweeted something um, to say that I think it was the day before yesterday was the day that Serial Mom came out in theaters really and I retweeted it <laughs> yeah that was Serial Mom that's a silly yeah, that's one. My, that's my favorite John Waters. <laughs> well, there have been several. Pussy Willows, Daddy. <laughs> Everybody's takeaway from that movie. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty famous. It is. John said that he gets Pussy Willows all the time from fans. Oh, my goodness. Relation to each other. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen too much of his stuff. I mean, isn't he also a writer, too? Of books, you mean? No, just like a screenwriter. Yeah, he writes and directs all of his own movies. Okay, I thought so. And Yeah, and he also has, he also has a bunch of books. <laughs> Not novels, they're more like essay collections. That's cool. You can get by on that. I never saw Pecker. Oh, Pecker's fun. <laughs> in the opening, during the opening title sequence, there's um, two rats fucking in a garbage can, and it is adorable. Oh my goodness! <laughs> John Waters. I like that he has a, a small little role in what is it? Cult? No, not cult. Um, Seed of Chucky. <laughs> Seed of Chucky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I, that movie's terrible. I know. That's one of my so bad it's good definitions. I think that they were going to try to work Glenn slash Glenda into the Chucky TV series. Nice. For the sci fi channel. But I don't know what happened to that show. It's still going. Um, 
Don Mancini actually um, tweeted like um, not a release date, but like a release season. It's supposed to be coming out either later this year or next year, but it's still in the works. He co-wrote an episode of Tales from the Crypt that I did a commentary for recently. Nice. Oh, he's such a nice guy. Really? Yeah. I went to the um, 30 Years of Chucky Frightmare a couple years ago, which was 2018. And yeah, I met everybody, except for Catherine Hicks. I, don't, I didn't have enough money to meet her. I was her. just about to say, I heard she's a bitch. Mm, she wasn't to my friend, but I met... I had a really good conversation with Fiona Doro. She was a sweetheart. Like, I asked her, like, what it was like to have Chucky as her dad. And she just gave me some fun little anecdotes and just, yeah, how she was not bullied, but kind of, like, poked fun at because her dad was Chucky. And she just wrote it, took it, and, you know, was very happy that she was she was proud to be the daughter of Chucky, well, actually. Yeah, I mean, her, her, he's her dad. Brad Dourif is not only Chucky, but he's, like, an amazing actor. Yeah, too. absolutely. And Brad Dorf is, you know, soft-spoken, but he's a really nice guy. Don Mancini was, he was just really cool. And Christina Lee, I met her. She was awesome. Oh, I love her. We got into this whole conversation just about her character arc in uh, Child's Play 2. I love her. And she was like, and she was like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> The scene, just, there's just like little things in Child's Play 2 between the two of them that always crack me up like when they're driving in the car and he just goes what are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> um, that and the goddamn women drivers. I know. I, I like Child's Play 2. Oh, I love like, it. Of all the sequels, that's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Like just because you know you still have Alex Vincent as a cute little boy, and you got Kyle, she's just badass, you know. And she just and I, I've always loved her character arc, you know, because she starts off as just kind of like this typical you know teenager, just wanting to do her own thing, you know. She and then she just kind of grows to care for Andy, and at the end, like, yeah. She, takes on the role like I've got to take care of this kid and it's even symbolized with the clothes that she wears because she starts out as like kind of punky biker chick with, with the leather and then at the end she's wearing that that the sweater. cardigan yeah like, yeah total, that's true total you know 180 of her character and I, I never thought of that that's what I told her and that's exactly what she said I'm like yeah I'm smart <laughs> The scene, though, that I always used to, or the moment that I always used to look at, um, was the part when she rolls under the uh, the door right before it closes, and you could so tell it's a stunt woman. Right. But still. <laughs> yeah, she's great in that movie. She really is. I'm surprised she didn't have more of a career. She went on to 90210 for a little 90210, while. 90210, she was a- crazy Emily Valentine. Yeah. I remember that. I know, but she's supposed to be involved with the new Chucky show as well. She is in um, the, the latest Chucky movie, the um, Cult of Chucky, isn't she? Uh, like, at the end. It's, it's like a post credit sequence or something? Yes, yes, it is. I need to rewatch that. I don't think I... 
I don't think I um I didn't finish it. I told you I got the the Blu-ray recently, right? Uh, I got to I got to a point where it was more action and dialogue and I couldn't follow what was going on. Right. I just kind of got bored. Yeah. I mean, I just... Chuck is my man. <laughs> I loved... I did enjoy the scene with um, Jennifer Tilly yeah. calling. And she, when she's, I like when she's on the phone and she says, um, Tiffany, Jennifer, even I lose track sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I really like Curse of Chucky. I mean, Cult of Chucky is so much fun, but Curse of Chucky, like, I love that it went back to its simplicity of horror and its roots of being creepy, you know? It was, yeah. Well, that was what Don Mancini had said when they were making it. It was he wanted to make Chucky scary again. Exactly. And I thought when it first came out, I thought it was going to be like a new rendition, like a reimagining of it. And then when... Well, that's what they were toying with the idea of, but they had trouble with the rights. Indeed. And then when I saw, when it came to the scene where she's like peeling off his face and he's in disguise, I just thought that was such a clever way to bring Chucky back. I, yeah. I, because I remember looking at, I was like, that doesn't look like Chucky. Right. When you first see the doll. And then you got that, the whole, um... Um, one setting in that big house. Yeah, that was, was an awesome that house. It was, was an homage to like old Hollywood. I know, I love movies. it. And apparently that doll was like heavy as hell. That girl, there's a scene where she's supposed to be holding him, but the way that it's shot, it's just of her like holding him, but it you don't see her, her arms because it's resting on a little stool because it was so heavy. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. That's a little Do bit you of have Chucky, a Chucky trivia. Doll? Hmm? Do you have a Chucky doll? I wish. I really want to get one, but not a Frank you and can. Chucky. I don't want Frank and Chucky. No. I want cute Chucky from OG. You want a good guy? Yes. Yeah. Well, you can get one on Amazon. I've seen them. I know. They're over a hundred bucks. Yeah, but. but I don't think they're not the quality but the look it just isn't right you know I don't think they might not be official yeah Um, I would get one but I don't know what the fuck I would do with it just have him sit there (laughs) I don't know where I would put him I would move him back to the house (laughs) just same thing I would love to have a Crypt Keeper doll but I don't know where I'd put him I would build an electric chair and put him in I, well, I think there's there's one where he's in the chair that he sits in on in the um, intros. Nice. Um, but there, that would be cool if he was in an electric chair. Yeah, John Casier is still alive, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah, he's not that old. God, that'd be cool to meet him. I miss going to Frightmare. <sighs> I always see him at conventions, and he will do the um, Crypt Keeper voice for anyone, anytime. He, will, I always hear him, his voice on podcasts saying, um, "This is a Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to the such and such podcast." Oh God! You know what I would ask him to do? Mm. I would ask him to do my voicemail. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hello, kiddies. You've reached James. He's not right now. I don't know why I'm talking like Stewie. <laughs> mm. But that would be awesome. Crypt Keeper as your voicemail. 
There was talk of doing a new Tales from the Crypt. I heard that. Did that ever come to fruition? I don't think so. And if they did and it was without him, I don't see the point. Oh, yeah, no. There's only one guy to voice the Crypt Keeper. Because, I don't know. No. (laughs) You just couldn't do it without him. It wouldn't be the same. No. I haven't wanted to check out uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. I heard that was pretty good. I watched the first couple and I didn't like it. Really? Because aren't uh, they, Isn't it the same old stories just updated? Or have they come up with some of, new stuff? Well, there's. I think I watched like the first. Um. I don't know if I got through the whole season, but the the first season. Um, but I did I did, did get an audio described version of it, so I was I was actually able to figure out what was going on. But the first one deals with a stand-up comedian who um, he gets to tell he gets to be successful by telling jokes about people who are in his life, but once they become a joke, they disappear huh. or something like that. Um, something like that. It was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't anything great. Right. This, I think it was the second one that was supposed to be a riff on the one with the monster on the wing of the plane. Oh, but they, the famous but they one. Totally, yeah. But they totally changed it. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not even. They didn't do it justice. No. mm -mm. That sucks. I think they incorporated an MP3 player that told the future or or something like that. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Huh. Interesting. I, I just I couldn't get into it, and I couldn't get into the the Creep Show um, TV series either. I forgot about that one. They're on season two now. Wow. And, yeah, um, Killer even runs like a girl. <laughs> I didn't see that, but um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't follow. Creep show because um, I couldn't get an audio described. That sucks. Yeah, Shutter really doesn't do that. And I emailed them to see um, if it was in the future, and they kind of gave me a cryptic answer. Mm-hmm. As far as streaming services go, um, that have it, it's. Netflix, Prime, Disney Plus, Hulu, Apple, um, but they don't have it for everything. Right. That's the thing. But do they have it's, a fair amount? Netflix has a lot. Okay. Netflix has more than Netflix has more than Prime. Okay. Which is because Prime has a lot of stuff. Yeah. And they've actually got some pretty good selections in their horror, I saw. So that's good. They do. <laughs> they do. Um, 
But generally, if it's a movie that is made, if it's a Netflix original, it'll have audio description. That's cool. Uh, the ending is just so anticlimactic. But one thing I don't get is the doctor and the chick, like they go off into the sunset hand in hand. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, were they all in on it? Maybe. I was when I was going over the cast list, a lot of the cast had the same surnames or like people involved with the movie had the same surname. So I think this was a family affair. That's cool. But then we had the direct put the hat back on, Sheriff. You look better with it. (laughs) I am all for the um all all black uniform. Yeah. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. The blue shirt, okay. Yeah. But I just there's something to say about black from head to toe with the badge. And sometimes you got the the pocket flaps that are like a grayish color. <laughs> I am down. I don't know. This whole any tight blue jeans, regular shirt and a badge is gonna doing it for me. Just put the hat back on. Anybody wanted to send me a stripper? <laughs> done and done. When's your birthday? <laughs> it would be my 40th, too, so. Well, all the more reason. Exactly. <laughs> and make sure you get me one of them sleazy ones that'll let me touch them. Okay. Get a lot of ones. <laughs> Do stuff. See, even with yeah. that music, like. I don't know. It's like it, it's, it makes it seem thing. like it's not over. Yeah. Or at this least with that one little string. But well, plus he's still talking. Yeah. And that was that. Is this a is this a song? I don't know. With like, is this like a rap with the fucking the stupid? I don't even know what you would call him. The nail gun killer. I mean, like, his weapon doesn't even really. I mean, at least with Slumber Party Massacre, you got the drills. So you can call him the driller killer. Right. What do you call him? I know. There's just really not a good title that you can think of that involves the word nail gun. No. Nail gun psycho? The nailer. The nailer. <laughs> Well, maybe if we f- if you like figured out certain kinds of nails, because there's a million different kinds of nails. Right. Um, Concrete nails, wood nails, house nails, brick nails. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you do a lot more than I did. <laughs> I couldn't even name one. <laughs> yeah, my stepdad was a bit of a carpenter way back when. So every Saturday morning, he'd always have me help him with some kind of project or another. Actually, the desk that I'm using right now is the one that he and I built when I was like, I don't know, 14. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Old as fuck, but, you know, sentimental, I guess, which kind of sucks because he ended up leaving my mom in the end. But whatever. That's a whole other story. Well, 
And that was Nailgun Massacre. So does it hold up from when you watched it this afternoon? Um, just the same. A little more funnier this time around. <laughs> well, see, yeah, this is what I'm saying. This is why you need somebody else to watch these movies. But that's why I could never get through The Room. Because when you watch The Room by yourself, it's just a really, really shitty movie. Right. I've never experienced it with anybody else. That's why it's something that I would like to do a commentary for. But it, it's not its not an original because I'm sure that there are a lot of commentaries for the room out there. Well, probably, but, you know. Have you seen it? Uh, the Room. The 2019 movie? No. On Shutter? No, or are you talking about the Tommy Wiseau one? The Tommy Wiseau one, of course. Yes. Yes, I have. And it is terrible. Well, did you see it by yourself? No, my brother and I watched it. Mm. And I still want that hour and a half of my life back. It's like an hour and 45. Eh, give or take. But yeah, it's just, it's bad. But I also did see The Disaster Artist. That one's funny. I like the book better. It was a book? Yeah. Oh, The Disaster Artist was a book? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The well, I mean, obviously, of course, the book goes into a lot more detail, right? Um, but it's it's um, it's a it's more it's a deeper look into Tommy Wiseau's craziness, <laughs> and you don't he didn't say, but it's written by um Greg Sestero, mm-hmm. who was uh, who played Mark right in, in the movie, but um. He doesn't say, but he happens upon some some legal document. I don't know, remember what it was, but he found out Tommy's real age. Oh, really? And that's something that he's been lying about for years. That doesn't surprise me. And it's funny, too, because um, James Franco went on Howard Stern to promote the disaster artist right. and Tommy was, um, came on with him and Sirius wouldn't let him in the building because he gave them a fake ID. Oh my goodness. And yeah. And there was like a big hullabaloo in the lobby at Sirius because he would not show them his real driver's license. Wow. But, um, he is that um, fervent about keeping that air of mystery about himself. Hmm. You know, there's still so much that you don't know about him, where his money comes from, right. where he originally came from, what his weird accent is. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. He, he's not French. But he's fluent in French. You know that. Is he Italian? I don't know. I think he might be Polish. Mm. Well, I mean, with a name like that, it kind of looks German. Well, that's not his real name. Uh, um, Wizzo is... Because um, he first started making money selling these 
toy birds that when you threw them, they would do a loop and come back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, he was selling, he would sell them um, in San Francisco and he got to be known as like the bird man. <laughs> and so in French, um, it's, um, I'm, my French is lacking these days, but it's like, um, oiseau, I believe in French is bird. It starts, it's, it starts with an O. So he just took the O off and pl- replaced it with a W. Huh. Interesting. So that's where oiseau comes from. Did not know that. But, <laughs> That's not his real name, and he's not French, but he speaks French fluently. If you ask him where he's from, he'll say New Orleans, because that's the first place he went to when he came to America. Huh. Okay. It's a really, really good book. Very interesting. I may check it out one of these days. Well, on a scale of one to five, Brandon, how would you rate Nailgun Massacre? Well, it's not really fair for me to give it a rating since I couldn't see the damn thing. And I really don't remember it from the time I saw it originally. And (laughs) when I saw it originally, I was I was spending more time looking at that guy's ass. (laughs) And I was looking at the movie. You um, pervert. <laughs> but you got it. That, that was a pretty, pretty nice ass. Yes, yes, it was. I am not denying it was, that. <laughs> it was delightful. <laughs> it definitely gave me one pause. Um, but uh, I guess on... Um, my scale being um, that I can only watch it by ear, keeping that into consideration, I would say a two out of five. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Because it's not so bad that it's unwatchable. No, and it's not incompetent. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's entertaining. From what I remember, it does have somewhat of an interesting look. And, you know, you kept saying that it looked like it was more from the 70s. And I think that that's, uh, that's a positive thing. That's a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to, to have a movie look like it's from a grind, the Grindhouse era, which is one of the most beloved eras of filmmaking. So yeah, like there's a huge niche for it though for these kinds of movies, mm-hmm. like especially especially so amongst the horror community. There's so many movies that try to make, uh, try to try to look like that, try to emulate that style. Right. Um, I always wondered how successful like those filters are for iPhones and stuff, because you can make. You could like download a filter for anything. You could make a movie look like it's shot on 35 millimeter with an iPhone. Oh, yeah. With the right. So, I guess in my news reporting class, like we actually talked about 
we had this whole discussion about how every you can do pretty much anything from your phone now because the camera quality is just that good. Yeah, it's 4K. <laughs> it's 4K if you got an iPhone. You just got to make sure you have good microphones. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. Um, if I was a little bit, well, if I was, if I was visually uh, capable we'll say <laughs> um if i didn't have limitations i would be fucking around making videos with my iphone all the time yeah and i would be holding it horizontally of course that's what you have to do that drives me crazy when people make videos oh, i know uh, vertical. My mom is bad about that. I'm like, mom, turn it the other way. <laughs> well, there, it's gotten to a point now where there are TVs where you just turn up. Oh my goodness! To vertically to watch those kinds of videos because people don't know how to turn a camera. Otherwise, there. I used to have phones that wouldn't take the video wouldn't shoot right. It would shoot if you held it. You know vertically the it wouldn't turn out right it would the the, the video would be vertical hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah so you would you had no choice to turn it to the side but it's more comfortable and people are lazy i get it but i still don't like it indeed judgment rendered and so I want to thank you for for coming back for a second go round. Of course, I always have a good time with these. And it was it was a pleasure to have you here to celebrate the fiftieth. Woo! Five O fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> and um, maybe the next one we'll do. Oh, I heard somebody's ears flapping like crazy. Yes, be- yes. I think somebody wants some attention, so I think it's for sure the best time to wrap it up. I think but, so. For the whining starts. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll get to do that other movie I sent you. Well, we won't say what that is. Yes, I will give it a check out and let you know what's what. But we still so. need to do a few more. We still need to do some Child's Play. I mean, hell, we don't even have to do Child's Play. We could do a Chucky movie. Bride of Chucky. <laughs> I would want to start with the first one, though. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't not do the first. Indeed, it is my favorite. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again to James, and thanks to everybody who has stayed with us to the bitter, bitter end. And until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.